There's no such thing as two good consecutive days in a leader's life. And it's so true. Just when you have one awesome day, the next day you have a problem. And so what I always tell people is it's not like very rarely in, in a boxing match, do you see like a one punch knockout, right? It's usually the combo that takes someone down. So we know that we have to be mentally tough. Taking on the first problem is usually easy, right? You have the energy, the stamina, right? The emotional <laughs> capacity to do it. It's the second and the third problem that if you're not ready for the ones that knock you down. That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. Michael Browning is the CEO and founder of Unleash Brands, a platform company that houses the world's best franchise brands to help kids learn, play, and grow. Browning launched Unleashed in 2021 after noticing a void in the market for parents looking for a trusted resource for kids' activities. The growing portfolio currently includes Urban Air Adventure Park, Snapology, and The Little Gym. In 2011, Browning launched Urban Air Adventure Park, the world's preeminent family indoor adventure park that has since served more than 20 million kids annually and generated 500 million plus of annual system-wide revenue. Browning believes that every guest to come through the doors of Urban Air has a story, and the company's mission is to enhance the story through engaging atmospheres that leverage the combination of lighting, sound, attractions, and a guest-centric staff. A young entrepreneur, Browning was named a rising star by the Dallas Business Journal in their annual 40 Under 40 list in 2021. Urban Air has also ranked as number one for the past three years in the annual franchise 500 list put out by Entrepreneur Magazine. The company was also ranked on the Franchise Times Top 200 Plus list, an exclusive annual ranking of the 500 largest franchises. Having spent years as an entrepreneur, Browning leads the team with true insight into the challenges that new businesses face, and he doggedly pushes the team to look for new ways to overcome obstacles and break down barriers to achieving success. I began our conversation by asking him who some of the people were who led him down his entrepreneurial path. I always looked up to my dad. You know, he was an entrepreneur, a small business owner. So I grew up as a kid learning about you know what things cost when running a business and the sales process and customer service and all those types of things. And then, so learning from him and looking at him and what he did taught me a lot, but I also had that entrepreneurial DNA as a kid um, where it was just innate, innate in me to want to go door to door and sell bracelets with my sister or my dad taught me, him and I got into trading and selling baseball cards. <laughs> so it was, um, it was all throughout my childhood. Yeah. There's so many entrepreneurs I know, especially who either were selling candy bracelets or uh, chocolate at school, breaking up boxes and, and reselling them. And it sounds like you had that DNA gene as a child. So 
coming out and, and really with your first, what was your first work experience? Sure. So, I mean, aside from like the, the little jobs in high school, my first experience was actually, I started, I was interning in college and through this internship was learning about data and analytics. And I ended up starting a data and and analytics company out of my dorm room in college, sold it uh, to Roland Hansen from Microsoft and Roland and a wealthy family out of Santa Barbara became my bosses. And it really mentors and taught me so much about business. It was it was an unbelievable you know, five, six years working for them and with them. Yeah, that must have been an incredible experience just selling a business like that when you're just out of college or in college. And, you know, what was that feeling like at that time? You know, it was, it was wild. I mean, literally in my dorm room and getting to interact with, again, Roland Hansen, if you Google him, he's given credit for coming up with the Microsoft Windows brand. He is famous for uh, taking Neutrogena to where it was today, launching the Bowflex. So when you were around Roland and Chip Conk, who with his brother started the world's first calendar publishing company out of their dorm room at University of Santa Barbara, it was just an unbelievable experience. You could just sense being around them that you were around something really, really special. And the the wisdom and knowledge they gave me at a young age still sticks with me today. And and Roland is is a text message away. It's it's he's an amazing human. That's a, a great mentor to have. And I'm sure you know how how fortunate you are for that. And of course you put yourself in that position. Let's talk about Urban Air and let's talk about the franchise business. How did you begin or why did you begin and start Urban Air and tell us a little bit about it? Sure. I, I was I was actually traveling around the world and I was using the data and, and analytics platform I had developed and sold to help Roland and Chip start and operate businesses. So we did a lot of things from condo conversion to medical office. We worked on a book distribution for Jack Canfield, a book called The Secret, which later turned into a movie. Sure. We did all kinds of things, right? And it was always around understanding who the customer is and then bringing that product to where the customer was. Roland always told me, you can't be everything to everyone. So really understand who your consumer is and bring them value. So along the way, I was in San Francisco. I had just attended a conference there and I saw a trampoline park in our downtime. And I started running this through my model, who was coming into the trampoline park throughout the day. I ended up talking to the, the founders of that particular trampoline park. And I was like, man, I think my, mo- my model, my data is telling me that this is, this is innovative and scalable, which are two very important things in success is having a product innovative enough that gets people excited, but also having a business model scalable enough to, to get economies to scale. And so I came back into Dallas and I went to my dad. Uh, who was who owned a construction company? I said, "Hey, can you build this? If I put the model together and work the supply chain and get it all figured out, can you build this?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I can build this." So together, father and son entrepreneurial team came together, built the first location in South Lake, Texas, had a tremendous amount of success, opened a couple more family-owned units, and that's when people started reaching out to us, going, "Would you franchise?" And did you ever have any experience with franchises, or did you know anything about them? Other than seeing the franchising movie about McDonald's, I had no, <laughs> no experience whatsoever. But you know, one of the things that I always do when I'm when I am moving into an area that I don't have expertise in is start looking for people that that I can either hire 
can mentor me or I can connect with who do. So I reached out to a friend of mine in at a law firm who had connections to an attorney who was doing all the franchise work for Fuzzy's Tacos at the time. And so learned all about franchising from a legal aspect, reporting, financial, and from them. And we put out our first franchise disclosure document. And we were off to the races. And how do you like I mean, in terms of franchising and that business model, has that been something you've really enjoyed? I love it. It allows me to help other people who want the the safety, security, certainty of a franchise also scratch their entrepreneurial itch. And it's so fulfilling to help people have the kind of success that I have had through the franchise model. It's, it is so fulfilling and it's an amazing way to scale a business in an asset light manner. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, you really crushed it in, in terms of urban air, but were there any issues during COVID and how'd you survive that? Yeah, we, we, 2019 was our best year. We opened 54 locations in 52 weeks in 2019, and we were on track in 2020 on to actually exceed that. And then as we all know, March of 2020, COVID hit and then and the world shut down. March 17th, we shut down all of our locations. We had no revenue coming in, but I had $15 million of payroll to cover and had to look at my team and go like, what are we going to do? We've got to figure this out. So I started reaching out to my mentors who were talking to me about making sure that you have liquidity, a lot of cash on hand to weather this storm, try to decrease your operating expenses, protect your people, protect your franchisees, protect your vendors through this. Don't make any one individual person, vendor, or franchisee bear the the entire burden alone. Let's try to spread that out. So that was one. As we started moving through COVID, we started surveying our customers and going, what would it take to come back when we get the opportunity to come back? And moms were telling us like, have your staff, staff wear PPE, take temperatures. We want to book tickets online in advance. We want touchless interactions. We want you to manage capacity so there's less people in there. And so we, we slowly started to build all of the things our customer was telling us they wanted to come back. We also rebranded the company with a new fresh look, a cleaner look coming out of COVID. Mm. And we went to the moms and said, hey, we did all the things that you said you wanted us to do to come back. We're now opening in a few weeks. Please come back. And they did. They came back in droves. We then surveyed them and said, how do we do delivering on our promises? And we were running at a 56 NPS score, which is absolutely excellent. And what happened was the people who were a little more aggressive coming out of COVID and came to our parks first, told their friends who might be a little bit shyer around coming out, hey, I went there, everything's fine, I'm I'm great, you should go. It was great to socialize again, great to laugh again, great to play again. And that just started the snowball rolling downhill to where we ended 2020 better than we had anticipated and we were shut down for three months out of the year. That's amazing. When it first happened, and everything was shut down. Personally, how for you as an entrepreneur and knowing about a huge payroll expenses, I mean, was there a lot of anxiety and how'd you deal with it? Yeah, look, it was to say I wasn't scared would be a lie. Uh, it was the scariest day of my life, March 17th of 2020. I'd worked my entire life and put everything I had into this business. And so it was absolutely scary. But we look at the challenges that we face, whether it's COVID or some other challenge as mile markers on our journey, on our destiny. And we look at it going, look, 
right now, I told everyone COVID will be the ultimate equalizer. It's going to separate the players from the pretenders. Um, and where there is turmoil, there will be opportunity. So I don't know what that is yet, but we need to keep our eyes open, our ears open for what that could be. And I said, look, guys, I just, in my, my soul, I firmly believe that we didn't come this far and have this much success to just come this far. We're going to come out of this. We will find a way. But we're going to have to act quickly with the information that we have, not afraid to be wrong and change our minds as the information changes. Do right by our customers and we will be okay. Yeah. And obviously you have done well, as you talked about, and you've created a lot of success with Urban Air and it's allowed you, I guess, or is part of why you created Unleash Brands. Can you tell us a little bit about Unleash Brands? Yeah. What I was able to do during the three months that we were, were closed was I challenged my team to look at every area of the business, break it down into its smallest component and optimize it so that when we built the business back up coming out of COVID, we would be that much better. And also, while we were looking at the what we had built in, in every area of the business, I realized that we had built a platform that at its core helps, knows how to sell, design, construct, open, operate, and support franchise businesses that serve mom, the family, and her kids. And I said, I was all, I was interacting with other founders and management teams out there who were having the same struggles I was having, having to lay off people, shut down systems. And I said, what if I could bring the best brands all under one roof? And when we open back up after COVID, we could all share in the operating expenses and costs associated with what we need to build back our businesses versus everybody going in and doing it individually. How can we get the economies of scale? And um, and I said, okay, we're going to focus on family with, with the mom and dad being the customer and kid being our users. Uh, what do kids need to become great kids? And we, we say great kids are kids that are good friends, respect authorities, give it their all, never quit, identify and, and work on their gifts and talents. What does that take? And we said, look, it's going to take learning, playing and growing. So learning your, your basics, right? Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, growing in your skills and hobbies, and then escaping and just playing as a kid. Those three areas are what will develop a kid in, into being something great. And so I set out on a journey to find the world's best brands that help kids learn, play, and grow. We quickly acquired three of the world's best brands, Snapology, the Little Gym, and Premier Martial Arts. And now where we sit today, we have 1,300 franchises serving over 25 million kids and $800 million of system-wide revenue. Um, I mean, we are better, bigger, and stronger than we were going into COVID. You know, you scaled up really quickly. What were the challenges and, and are there still challenges you're finding right now? There's always challenges. Um, there, there's, well, I always say this, and I learned it from John Maxwell, that there are, there's no such thing as two good consecutive days in a leader's life. And it's so true. Just when you have one awesome day, the next day you have a problem. And so what I always tell people is it's not like very rarely in, in a boxing match, you see like a one punch knockout, right? It's usually the combo that takes someone down. So we know like that we have to be mentally tough. Like the taking on the first problem is usually easy, right? You have the energy, the stamina, right? The emotional <laughs> uh, capacity to do it. It's the second and the third problem that if you're not ready for the ones that knock you down. So we're always dealing with problems all the times. Again, we just look at them as mile markers that we have to cross on our journey to get to our destiny. So 
Yeah, scaling is tough, right? Communication becomes hard the bigger that you get. Uh, making sure that people feel included and maintaining that culture is super important. Making sure that people get what they need as you get bigger is, is very important. And then as you start to have success, you can actually drown in your own success if you don't know how to prioritize the opportunities in front of you. So those are some of the many challenges that we face on a, on a daily basis. You know, for you personally, I was going to say, how do you pick yourself off the mat? So many of your franchises, they, they have mats, right? <laughs> when you look at, but really, like you said, I love that. Like no leader has, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, one day's great. It's a roller coaster. Amazing. You think you're going to go to the moon. The next day there's problems and you're dealing with, am I going to survive? How do you personally talk to yourself, help yourself through those challenges? Yeah. I I tell people all the time, the hardest part about being an entrepreneur and a leader is managing your own psychology. And I say you can't get so spun up and around a particular problem, but you can't also have your head in the sand. You have to like fly at a certain level. Otherwise it's just that up and down is insane. And so for me, I just believe that when I stay moving and thinking and working that I can solve any problem, the best answers come from action and movement. I always tell people, you don't want to be a flat squirrel, right? You don't want to get in the middle of the road and go, oh, crud, should I go right or left? That's when you get smoked. It's when you stay in the middle of the road and there's oncoming traffic and you do nothing that you get smoked. And so for me, it's just, there's always a solution. And as, and, and as I keep moving, I can find a better solution and a better solution. So I, it's always just about movement for me and believing in my team and their ability to accomplish and solve the problem. What I've noticed and so many great leaders say this, is that the gap between where you are and where you need to be is you typically think it's a lot larger than it really is. And too many people, they quit before they even take the first swing. And so we're just not afraid to fail. And um, that's a huge uh, reason why we've had so much success. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes I have on the wall is uh, a winner is just a loser who tried one more time. And I love how you talk about keeping moving and challenges because a lot of our listeners are people who want to be entrepreneurs working in corporate America are entrepreneurs. And I've always noticed that the hardest thing, including myself and my own story is really just to be able to pick yourself off the mat, be persistent. And like you said, continue to move, whether it's in the ultimate right direction or wrong direction. Would you agree with that? I would. I always tell people, never bet the farm on any one idea. And if you hold true to that principle, you can keep moving and going down the path. And if you get slightly off path, because you didn't bet the farm, you can course correct. And like the path is not a straight line. It is a weaving path of, oh, that was not right. Let's get back on. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was bad. And by the nature of always trying to get better, meaning I'm going to test a new thought against my old way of doing things, the old thought is either going to win or the new thought is either going to win. And when one of two win, that means one fails. And so the more we're testing, the more we're trying to improve, naturally we're failing. And when you just get good at failing because you're improving, the mindset completely changes. 
so many people just tap out before they even try it because they don't want to fail. Yeah, I've found, I think, just from personal experience and folks I've talked to who've always wanted to start a business, that is just such a, a holdup is the fear of failing. And I'll admit, I mean, I'm a, an entrepreneur a few times over and and it's still there, even, even when I've had success and I've always got to push myself and just be like, just do it, man. What, what, who cares? Like, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't go for it and you don't do it, you're just going to kick yourself. And, and I'm not made for, for corporate America, which it seems you are very, very similar. More from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsors. Not all work collaboration tools are created equal. Some help you organize your company's information. Others allow you to manage projects together. Notion does both. It's one tool for your whole team to do it all. So beautifully designed, everyone will wanna use it. With powerful integrations, an API, and seamless navigation, you'll have everything you need in one spot so you can make speed your advantage without the silos and context switching that slow companies down. Plus. Notion has a worldwide network of millions of users creating templates, tutorials, and new inspiration. The product is getting better all the time, and you'll always have the support you need. Learn more and get started for free at notion.com slash how success happens. That's notion.com slash how success happens to help you take the first step toward an organized, happier team today. And we're back. Now you have a, a major, major business as you, you've talked about. How has that changed for you personally dealing with all of these locations and different products and from when you were just doing your, your first franchise? Yeah, it, it changes you know, dramatically all the time. And as I grow and the business grows as an entrepreneur, I continually try to fire myself and hire someone who is much better and skilled than I am in every particular area to the point where I am now trying to, I just, ca I cast vision. I focus on people and culture and I make sure that we have the capital needed to accomplish our goals. Right people, capital, and vision. And I, I always tell people, you know, Robert Schuler used to say, what would you attempt to do if you knew you wouldn't fail? And um, it's in your personal life, your business life, like start there and go, okay, what is it going to take people, capital, time, what resources do you need to accomplish that? And if you fail, can you learn something from it and thus get a positive return on your failure? And that's been a, this the way that I've looked at. What's your game plan and hopes for the coming year, next couple of years for the business? We want to continue to bring the world's best brands that help kids learn, play, and grow into the family, connect DNAs. We want to help these founders and management teams unleash their potential in their business. And we want to unleash the potential in you know tens of millions of kids' lives by helping them understand that you don't have to wait to be great as a kid. Like they can do great things today. And it's it's so important. Too many kids are put in the back and given pizza and said, you know, wait till you're older to do something great. And, and we just believe that, that that just doesn't have to be the case. 
we believe that if if you're tired of of arguing about vax no vax or mass no mask if you're tired of being frustrated with what you see on tv then let's impact the generation who is going that has the opportunity to make the change we all want and we don't have a laws problem we have a values problem and we want to help kids understand the value of being a great kid and how they can impact the world in a positive way that's how we're really going to get the change that we want to see and look back and go man we we made an impact on the world I love that. Unleashing the empowerment, uh, especially of, of kids. And before I let you go, I want to ask you, you know, if you were starting out now again as a, a young entrepreneur and thinking of ideas nowadays, maybe coming out of school, is there any direction you would go and in, in any advice for some of those people? I think there it's funny. I was talking about this the other day with some friends. It's like being well-rounded is important and getting a well-rounded education. If you don't want to be an accountant, right, or an actuary, then I think it's important to understand how business works, but also understand how the world works. I think one of the most important things to understand these days is this is a global economy. A supply chain is extremely important. So just, you know, sometimes I think people get pigeonholed into one thing and they end up not liking that thing. They're like, man, I feel stuck. And so being well-rounded, I think is good, is the most important thing. You can be well-rounded through your education, but you can also be well-rounded in your experiences through internships, different jobs that you take. And so that would be my recommendation is um, don't put so much pressure on yourself to figure it all out right away. Be flexible and try to be well-rounded. Uh, before you try to go deep. Well, Michael, I want to thank you for joining us on How Success Happens. Such great insight. I love so many of the quotes you shared and especially talking just about being an entrepreneur and the one day it's great, the next day it's not. But what I loved is not being a flat squirrel, right? You got to go in one direction, keep moving. That's right. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an honor and uh, look forward to talking again in the future. Awesome. Thanks again, Michael. Take care. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning, and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost, and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman, that's R-O-B-E-R-T-T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.